Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. Thanks for jumping in and joining me today. Today is Thursday, September 30th. Today happens to be Jay's and my 32nd wedding anniversary. And today I'm going to offer you a little bit of encouragement from the Word of God. When things are closing in on you, the question is not, what can I do? The question is, what can I do when I partner with the living God? Stick around. I think you're My name is Heidi St. John, and after serving Washington families for the past 17 years, I am running for Congress to put a proven conservative voice in the House of Representatives to represent the people of Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. If you've had enough of liberals who disguise themselves as conservatives, I need your help. Together, we can tell both the rhinos and opportunistic out-of-state candidates we want our voice back. To join me in my fight for Congress, please visit HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. So I'm excited that you guys are here today. As you heard me say in the intro, today is my and Jay's 32nd wedding anniversary. And we were just talking about whether or not he wanted to come on the show. (laughs) And the fact of the matter is uh, we're too busy right now. So he's actually here at the Homeschool Resource Center working on some projects. Uh, We have got just an an absolutely exploded in enrollment. There are many, many exciting things happening. But uh, one of the things that I thought it would be interesting to share with you all is just the journey that Jay and I have been on for the last, oh, I don't know, nine months in particular since we announced a run for Congress a little bit before then, just to see the Lord show up in incredible ways. And the Lord just asking for obedience, right? This is what he honors. God honors obedience in our marriages. He honors obedience in our lives personally. He honors obedience in our parenting God wants us to be men and women of obedience. And I think one of the things that I love the most about the incredible man that I am married to is he really is a rock in his relationship with the Lord. And we've done some kind of amazing things. I mean, raising seven children for the past 30 years, starting the Homeschool Resource Center, planting over 60 homeschool cooperatives around the United States and Canada and even over in Germany. And as we have done these things, we've walked through some pretty deep water. And I think, you know, it comes back often as Jay and I might sit down at the end of the day and we're talking over dinner or uh, we have an opportunity just to, to be alone together, which we did this last weekend for a little bit in California, just to relate and think back on the places that God has brought us over our, over our 32 years of marriage that we wondered, are we doing what God wants us to do? And how do we know where the Lord wants us? Some of you guys are in that quandary right now. And sometimes we misstep, right? Sometimes we run out ahead of the Lord. Sometimes we're so eager to do it our own way. It's like that first time that Jay and I bought a new car. Everything inside of us was like, that's a bad idea. That's a dumb idea. Don't buy the car. You can't actually afford it. But man, the new car smell. And uh, we were very, very young. And we had two very, very young children. And the bottom line is we couldn't afford the car. And it was a stupid thing. We ended up having to sell it. And we learn lessons as we as we go along. And sometimes those lessons are very painful to learn and sometimes they're a little bit easier. But the fact of the matter is God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And so uh, today I just want to give a shout out to uh, Jay St. John, uh, my favorite human being in the whole world. And it's just an absolute joy to be married to that man. I got to tell you guys, uh, not perfect. Our relationship, not perfect by any stretch, but a, a joy and to have him partnering with me as we run now for the United States House of Representatives. And 
what the Lord is doing through our commitment first to the Lord and then to each other and then to our family and then to this nation is something that I think God is using as he wants to use it in all of your lives. And so the question becomes, what are we going to do with the life that God gives us? Uh, I'm going to jump right into a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. But first, I want to remind you that we're getting ready to start a brand new study over at MomStrong International. So we're going to jump into the books of First and Second Timothy. And this is kind of the home stretch of Paul's life, right? Paul's been faithful to the Lord. He has been uh, tortured, really, for his belief in Jesus Christ and for being a steward and an apostle of the gospel message that Jesus had given him. And so the books of First and Second Timothy were really uh, two of Paul's final letters. They were written while here on the earth. And Second Timothy is the closing chapter of Paul's time on this earth, which, which was well spent. So I want to encourage you to check out that study. First uh, Timothy is what we're going to be starting in, and you're going to you're going to be really really blessed. You can join me online at MomStrongInternational.com. This is the study uh, that we do every single month over at MomStrong International. My heart's desire to equip women in the Word of God so that you can be equipped and be exactly what Paul said, to be an approved workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, who can rightly divide God's truth and apply it to every aspect of your life. And so I'm going to read just a little bit from the introduction to the study so you kind of have an idea of where we're going to be going with this. James 4.14 says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. For what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. A couple of certain realities stare each of us consistently in the face. Our own time on this earth is short, but it is but a vapor. And current events measured with biblical prophecy show that we are hurtling toward Christ's return. So should the Lord tarry, none of us know the moment that the Lord God will call us home. And what a blessing, really, the not knowing. What an opportunity our Father has provided us to cherish each moment that we have with the beauty of certain finality, but with the awesomeness of not knowing when. This blessing, often overlooked, is what drives many of us to witness so diligently. Let us not grow numb to the reality of our imminent homecoming with Jesus. At the risk of sounding cliche, let us live truly each day as if it is our last and relay the gospel and be a beacon in a dark world as if each loved one, each passing stranger, were taking their final breath today. Let's live in a way that when we cross the finish line, falling weakly into our Father's embrace, He might say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let us finish the race. So we're going to introduce you to Paul's first letter to Timothy. We're going to give you a little bit of context and studying First uh, Timothy for this month and then finally moving into the book of Second Timothy. We'll give you some historical context. You guys are going to love this. There's a scripture writing challenge. Kids Strong uh, obviously comes along with that. Anchored, which is our ministry to teens. Check it out, momstronginternational.com. All right, I wanted to read something to you out of the book of Deuteronomy today before I get to the news. I've decided that's just better, I think. It's just better to be uh, in the Bible <laughs> than in the news. Uh, but important because what happens, what's happening in the book of Deuteronomy uh, really is that the Israelites are, they're just standing in Deuteronomy 1 on the edge of the promised land. God has done amazing things for them. He has delivered them out of Egypt and they're moving toward the promised land, but they make a fatal mistake. So let's look at it. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verses 26 to 36. Yet you were not willing to go up 
but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you grumbled in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have made our hearts melt, saying the people are bigger and taller than we are. The cities are large and fortified to heaven. And besides, we saw the sons of Anakim there. And then I said to you, do not be shocked. Do not fear them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as a man carries his son in all the way which you have walked until you came to this place. But for all this, you did not trust the Lord your God, who goes before you on your way to seek out a place for you to encamp with a fire by night and a cloud by the day to show you which way you should go. Then the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry and took an oath, saying, Not one of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore to your fathers, except Caleb, he will see it. And to him and to his sons, I will give the land on which he has set foot because he has followed the Lord fully. I sometimes wonder as I'm watching what's happening uh, in the United States right now and around the world, if we're not in a similar place. And if you look at today's passage, here are the Israelites, right? And I, as I'm, I'm looking at my Bible, they're standing on the edge of the promised land. And what happens? They're absolutely overcome by fear. So Joshua is sending the spies and they said, oh, man, they're too big. You know, they're, they're too big. It's too well fortified. And the question becomes, is anything too hard for the Lord? Here the Israelites had seen the Lord deliver them from the hand of the Pharaoh out of Egypt, out of slavery. God delivers them. And now they stand on the edge of the promised land. And instead of being uh, enveloped by faith, God's led them, you know, a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by by day. He knows how weak they are. And he's saying, I'm going to help you. This is the way. Walk in it. But they look at the army. And the size and the strength of the enemy overwhelmed them. And as a result, as a result of their refusal to trust the Lord and to move forward to conquer the local inhabitants, those Israelites never saw the promised land. And instead, they wandered around in the desert for 40 years. God wanted to give the land to them. He desired, the the Lord wanted to give them the land. The opportunities that they were losing because of their refusal to trust God who had brought them out of slavery across the Red Sea. They had watched the Lord pour down manna from heaven. They knew he could do it. They knew what God was capable of. And I often think that's sort of where we are right now as God's people. You know, as I'm looking at the book of Deuteronomy and I'm realizing that there are some things that are very similar about the Israelites in that time and the children of God today. So we're watching churches kowtow and close because of of, uh, these edicts that are coming down from on high. And if you guys, I honestly, I don't know what more to do. If you can't see by now that this is not about your health, this is about control. It's always been about control. Tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you the history of the slogan, build back better. It's going to make your knees knock and it might make your heart fail if you didn't believe in the living God. But to see the lack of discernment in the church and the lack of trust and the lack of faith, why? Because of fear. 
We're either afraid of a virus or we're afraid of the government, but fear is the prevailing force in the culture right now. And as such, the people of God, the children of God, in many circumstances have rebelled. Keeping our churches closed, rebellion. Not being willing to speak the truth or to even uh, use the, the discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit is an act of rebellion. And I was thinking about what uh, rebellion is born out of. Well, in this case, the case of the Israelites, and I think really largely this can be, uh, this is absolutely true of the people in the United States and many Christians around the world, is born out of unbelief. And we see how what we see what unbelief does. So I want to read a couple of things to you that were uh, written down in my journal about what unbelief does. The first thing that does is it looks only to what it can see. And so the rebellion that we saw in the Israelites, uh, the result of downright unbelief, we see that in verse 32, and it illustrates its work. So we see how unbelief looks only to the scene. It, it, they thought that the size of the people, they looked across uh, to, the, to the promised land, into the land of Canaan, and they were immediately overcome by what they heard coming back from the spies. They were like, the people are too big. The strength of the cities is going to overwhelm us. We hear that from pastors all across the world right now. They're going to close us. They have too much power. They have too much authority. Um, how could we stand up against them? How could we fight back? That's exactly what the Israelites were saying. It was like the help of God, the invisible God of the universe, who said, hey, if you'll do things my way, I'll help you. It was as if to them, he wasn't, he was non-existent. They had not the slightest hold upon the reality that God had shown them, his provision, his promise, his protection. God had given all of these things to the Israelites in removing them out from the hand of the Pharaoh and now bringing them to the promised land. And that rebellion is going to cost them dearly. And in fact, it costs them to the point where no one in that generation, except for Caleb and his family, is allowed to see the promised land, to go into it. The rebellion of the people forced their eyes to look only at the discouragement that was around them. I was reading this over at Bible Hub, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today for you. It says there was a bright side as well as a dark one to the report that Caleb had brought to them, but nothing would make them look on the bright side. The same two sides, a bright and hopeful side and a side of difficulty exist in every situation, and it is a test of character which we are, the, which we are most given to dwell upon. What do we dwell upon? In this situation, in the situation with COVID-19 and with the lockdowns and with people losing their jobs, uh, I got a message on my social media the other day from a woman who has been a nurse in Portland, Oregon for almost 30 years. And uh, her last day on the job was Tuesday. She didn't want to quit, but she's seen too much. And she said, I'm I'm not going to take, I'm not going to violate my conscience and take this uh, experimental vaccine. And so they fired her. And I'm hearing about this over and over and over again. And what I saw in her, even in this, even through her sorrow, even through her tears was the Lord says in his word, I will work all things together for good. God is working on your behalf. He's working behind the scenes. And the question is, we, you know, we either trust him, do we trust him or don't we? That's the question. And if we don't understand God's providence and God's protection, and we doubt whether or not God will really provide when we need him to, what it really says about us is we don't understand the providence of God. 
We miss his heart, even though he's demonstrated it. And I often think, you know, oh, I would never be like the Israelites, you know. I would never, never do what they did. I mean, surely we would always trust the Lord after we watched him with our own two eyes part the Red Sea so that the Israelites could walk through it safely onto the other side on on dry ground. And then the Lord caused the sea to close upon the Egyptian army and not a single one of them survived. That is the Lord. And you guys, the Lord plus you is a majority. God doesn't need anyone. And here he's given us opportunity to... Uh, to follow him, to keep our churches open, to stand for freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Every Christian that's listening to this should be absolutely committed to liberty. And instead, what I see is we are like the Israelites, blind to the lessons of the past, blind to what we have seen happen in communist countries, blind to what happened in Nazi Germany, blind to what has happened every single time we have seen uh, pushes towards socialism and communism anywhere around the world. And the Israelites are here again. They'd just been delivered from Egypt. They'd seen mighty miracles. They've been brought across the Red Sea. God had strengthened them to fight their adversaries, given them incredible ability to resist the Amalekites, and already they forgot. Already they forgot. We live in the United States of America, the most exceptional country, I believe, on the face of the earth. America is an idea. It's a beautiful idea that stems from the belief that our rights don't come from government, they come from God. And God answered our prayers. God answered the prayers of our forefathers and of the founding fathers of this nation when he allowed them to found this country based on those Christian Judeo belief systems. And here we are, refusing to learn from the past. I think sometimes as we move forward out of the place where we are right now, And we look back on what God has done. Again, God's plan was for them to go straight in and take the land. He had it for them. It was there for the taking. But the Bible records that they rebelled. And as a result of that rebellion, now they're going to wander in the desert for 40 years. And we are in the United States, even around the world right now. This is a desert time for us. And we continue. I just saw Germany, you know, uh, supposedly gave their elections to the left. I just cannot believe you guys with everything that's happening around us and the obvious destruction that follows whenever the left touches anything. I just cannot believe that people around the country are like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Burn it down. You know, let's, let's become socialism. It worked everywhere else. Communism, such a good idea. And yet because of fear, we've been crippled and an entire generation is failing to live out our God-given destiny because we refuse to walk where God wants us to walk. And instead we walk in the fear and the edicts of men. And any other time that has ever happened in the history of the world, disaster has always been the sure result. In Galatians 5, 1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Freedom should matter. It should matter to every single one of us. And as we are standing right now on this precipice of I don't know what, uh, I'm going to keep reminding listeners every chance I get, yes, you can, because he can. Can we come out of this? Yes, he can. 
God can do it. So what is it that we're doing in our everyday lives? Are we walking with the Lord in such a way that our children can see that we trust the Lord, that we're not walking in fear, that we are going to embrace truth wherever we see it? It is not loving. And I've told you guys this before. What I have seen in the church in the last 17 months has literally shattered what I had left of my confidence that the majority of the churches in the United States were actually walking with the Lord and actually in his word. We don't know God's word and we can't defend it. And so the first time we're challenged in this country, we're watching those institutions that we once had faith in. We realize we put our faith in the wrong place. We put our faith in the CDC. We put our faith in the FBI. We put our faith in the government. We put our faith in an election. We put our faith in a president. And God said, no, look to me. That's where our faith is is well-placed. And we are called to trust him. And I said many, many times, we've talked about this a lot on the show, you know, uh, Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake the gathering as some are in the habit of doing, but even more as you see the day approaching, gather together, sing the praises of the Lord, call out to him, ask him for wisdom. The Bible says in James, if you lack wisdom, ask me and I'll give it to you. But what do we do? We look to Father Fauci. And the Lord is saying, I'm right here. And so as we walk this thing out, you know, as my husband said to me so beautifully uh, this morning, you know, some might trust in horses and some might trust in chariots. But as the Bible teaches us, we don't, the children of God, trust in the name of the Lord. And a lot of us are being tested right now. And I think even more of us are going to be tested in the days to come. So what is the answer to the testing? The answer to the testing is trust. The answer to the test is to trust, to trust the Lord, to read his word, to know what it says, to live like you believe it, and to walk it out in a manner that pleases the Lord. We can learn so much from the Bible. This is part of the reason why I love the ministry of Mom Strong International. And as we wrap up our series, Beautiful Lies, and we head into the books of First and Second Timothy, I hope you guys will join me at Mom Strong International. Grab your children, read God's word every single day. Take your fears and your failures, your frustrations, and lay them at the feet of the cross every single day. We lay them down and we say, Father, this is too heavy. I can't lift it. And the Lord says, I'm right there. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what happens when we walk with the Lord, even in times of suffering. The Lord is right there. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And with God, all things are possible. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. I am out of time for today. I'm going to come back tomorrow, the 1st of October, and we're going to start it off with a bang. Tomorrow is the is the first day of our scripture writing challenge. You guys can download that at Mom Strong International. I believe if you just want to do the scripture writing challenge, it's a buck 99 every month or for uh, $7 and some change, you can get the whole study, including, uh, including Anchored, which is the study for teens and Kids Strong, which is what we write just for your little ones. And obviously the bulk of the study at Mom Strong International, those studies release on the first Monday of every month. We so appreciate you guys and your love and prayers and support for this ministry. If you've got questions that you would like me to address, you can shoot them to me at at, uh, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I'd love to hear your questions and we'll bring them in here and I will read them to you and we'll answer them on the air. Again, happy anniversary, happy 32nd anniversary to J. St. John, the love of my life, uh, being married to you among God's best gifts to me. 
Have a great day, everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.